welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. <laughs> Hi, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists. So improbable. What have we done? So sketchy. And this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with you about what's mattering to us this week. We are so glad you're here. And hi, Sugar. Hello. Let's begin with our announcements, announcements, announcements. I have, we have got one really big, exciting announcement. Okay, do it. It's not new, but it's still very exciting. Oh, so. Uh, today, the day we're recording this is February 21st. Mm-hmm. You'll be hearing it on the 22nd or after. But two months from today, uh-huh. you and I, Jamie Hill, yep. are headlining the Sophia Theater in Sacramento, California. Woo! Holy moly. Uh, this is so exciting. If if you are in striking distance of Sacramento, we would love to see you there. Mm-hmm. This is the first ever headlining theater show that we have ever done. It is the first time uh, bringing sort of the full vision of this new show format that we have been dreaming up for the last, I don't know, better part of a year. Mm-hmm. First time executing this on stage somewhere, so you're gonna be you're gonna be in on the ground level, is what we're trying yeah. to say. Um, is and it, also, we're like we're making an extravaganza. We are is. doing some stuff, especially for the first show that. Like we're splurging wow. a little bit. Yes, yeah. it's going to be a wow experience. Um, and we would love to have you there. It would be just fun to have you there. Also, we need your support. So go get your tickets. Jamie's going to put a link to the tickets in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, go get them. They're selling. We've been selling tickets for two weeks. They're selling at a brisk little pace. If you are hearing this right now and you're like, oh my gosh, so excited. Can't even get to the show notes. I'm too excited for that. Just go to shannoncurtis.net. There's a link at the top front center of the first page and it'll just redirect you to where you need to go awesome man i have an announcement too less exciting still pretty great though okay what is it uh good to me shannon's blockbuster new album is out in the world go listen to it have you listened to it yet i want i'm asking you directly you the person listening to my voice right now have you actually sat down and listened to Shannon's new record all the way through yet? It's pretty I'm good. Not, I'm not talking about like, <laughs> oh yeah, I heard good to me one time. I'm talking about have you actually sat down and listened not just to a song, not just to the single, but to the whole record from beginning mm. to end. It's mm. an intentional piece of art. Mm. It is a journey and it's the best kind of journey. It's a sort of journey that isn't overtly like a journey. It's not like you're sipping medicine like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> I'm in school. Why am I doing medicine in school? I should be out of school. I'm clearly sick. This is stupid. <laughs> Um, that went, wait, that went places. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thinking it through in real time. Yeah. You know, it's not like a dour, preachy journey. It is a thrilling uh, electro pop ride. Mm-hmm. It's like a roller coaster ride of music. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to it, listen to. Yeah. But also, if you want to get deeper with the lyrics, there's so much for you to grab there. There is so much meat in the experience. Layers and layers. Yeah. But like, it, it doesn't come across as like, oh, everything's slow and minor keys and six minutes long and I'm talking about my feelings. You know what I mean? There's a place and a time for that, but this album is not that place and not that time. So go listen. Go listen. We had this awesome thing happen um, and I thought this is what you were going to say, actually. Um, we, uh, because y'all have been listening, those of you who have been listening on Spotify, um, we got picked up with one by one of the Discover Weekly podcasts. It's an algorithmic, oh. not podcast, uh, playlist. Playlist. It's an alg- algorithmic playlist that Spotify 
identify, like when they identify songs that are doing well, they'll pop them into other people's playlists as suggestions. And that happened specifically in Sweden yeah. last week. Yeah. And we had this massive bump in list, new listeners in Sweden. And we've already been scheming on how to get a, a tour going in Europe. And we were hoping to do that later this year. But this just added fuels that fire. That was like really exciting. Like we had, I'm not sure what's happening today, but like earlier the, over the weekend, we had more listeners in the country of Sweden than we did in the entire United States. Bonkers. Like, which is kind of crazy. It's just really So it was really wild. fun. So it actually really does uh, does help us when you go and listen, um, if you are a Spotify user, uh, to listen there because this kind of stuff can perpetuate upon itself and multiply, which is great. So thank you for listening. And thank you to anyone new who's listening in Sweden. <laughs> we appreciate mm-hmm. you too. Um, so Jamie, how are you feeling today? Thanks for asking. You know, I want to couch what I'm about to say by saying that I'm generally upbeat and I'm in a good mood. Yeah. But also when I was sitting here a minute ago and I was just checking in with myself, getting still, because mm-hmm. I actually do this, people, like mm-hmm. in anticipation of the how are we feeling segment, I really, I just don't like glibly sit and like throw some words at a, mm-hmm. at, at a paper. I actually pause mm-hmm. and introspect mm-hmm. and really try to check in with myself and see how I'm feeling. Get in touch. With, Get in touch. Yeah. And I found that I was feeling slightly anxious okay. and a little bit behind. Oh, okay. Now, behind isn't a feeling. Yeah. It's more of a state. Yeah. But we're going to allow it. Okay. Yeah, we can allow it. Because it's a supporting detail sure. to the slightly anxious. So I feel that that's okay. Got it. Uh, and you know, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. My subsequent thought, my very next thought is, mm-hmm. I'm. this is... Any feeling of anxiety about being behind is just an abstract pressure that I'm putting on myself. Yeah. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm good. Everything's good. Mm-hmm. But sometimes how things are and how you're feeling aren't exactly matched mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that, that even though everything is objectively fine yeah. and I'm not objectively behind, I feel like I am. And so I feel slightly anxious. So that's, thank you for sharing that. So can I just ask another question? Just uh-huh. like, so what what's your experience of having like observed that feeling of like because if you hadn't taken the moment to pause and check in with yourself, mm-hmm. you might have been experiencing this anxiety and not really noticed it or or like named it, you know, but it would have been part of your experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So like having like taken a moment to name that and then have your next thought be like, okay, that's that I'm feeling this, but the circumstances that I that 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 define this behindness aren't really true. Like, what's the, what was the what's the emo, like emotional experience of having observed the feeling, and like, you know what I mean? Like removing yourself from the feeling. Like, what does that do anything for you? Oh yeah, like, it's super helpful. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Because anxiety can show up in my body. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's pretty common. I think yeah. that's true for most people. For sure. Uh, and it's great because I realized that's actually how I got into that feeling in the first place because I was just noticing my body. I was sitting, kind of like, how do I feel right now? How uh-huh. do I feel in my body? That's a yeah. great place to start. Yeah. And I found that I just felt a little amped up, you know, heart rate slightly elevated, yeah. a little bit tense. And I was like, okay, where's that coming from? What's that feeling uh-huh. associated with? Yeah. And as soon as I identified it, yeah. it really kind of was like, oh, I'm feeling that. Well, that's okay. There and it sort go. of demystified it. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. How about you? Um, How are you feeling? So I am feeling a combination of, I'll start with foggy. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason for that, and I know the reason for that, is that uh, a prescription that I should have had in me two weeks ago 
has been late in arriving. Yeah. Finally came today. Yeah. And it's it's the kind of thing that I if I've gone two weeks without it, um the crazy or thing overdue, is, I will get foggy. And that's yeah. just part of my experience. I just know that that's a deal. It's not a big deal. It's just a little bit like like it just, you know, I need to clean the windshield yeah. a little bit, you know. But having had And having, people, by the way, like Shannon's not deathly ill. She just needs B12. Yeah. She doesn't absorb B12. Yeah. That's all. So now that it's in me, as of this afternoon, I expect that I'll have a massive turnaround yeah. in the next several hours. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. So, And also, people, if you're curious, like, how does this B12 get into Shannon? <laughs> it's me. I jab yeah. a two-inch-long needle into her arm once a month. I screamed today. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't hurt at all. Usually I'm today, super good, but I, like, I don't no, know if like you were tense. It was hard to get in today. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so that's a little bit of foggy. But also, I'm feeling happy, just like... I know that's a very simplistic word. <laughs> I didn't really feel like digging any deeper than that, though. Like, hey, you I just, know what? I feel happy. Sometimes you want to eat at a fancy French restaurant, and sometimes you want a burger. Yeah. <laughs> and feelings are like that, too. Okay, yeah. I just feel happy. Happy is the burger of feelings. Okay. But also, I love French restaurants, so <sighs> that's also happy. Anyway, I'm happy. Uh, it's the happy meal of feelings. <laughs> Is that what you're going for? Sort I don't know. Of. Anyway, and I'm also feeling stimulated. Like we just have a lot of really interesting work um, in our lives right now. And it's funny, like work is such a big part of our lives. And I don't think that work itself ought to be like venerated necessarily. Like as this, like, but it like our work is creative and it's meaningful. And so and like- it's it also is, sort of our life's mission. It is, yeah. So it's not like we're like- like punching a clock at the crap factory, enriching yeah. some asshole. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. So I, I, but I'm feeling stimulated with work and that's great. So that's how I'm feeling. Um, I love it. Hey, I'm going to call an audible here because oh. I have an unexpected entry for the good news machine. Oh, I can't wait. What I have is this, and it's just apropos, another little supporting detail for something that you were talking about, uh, apropos of our Discover Weekly, our Spotify happening oh, in yeah. Sweden. Uh -huh. The good news aspect of it, people, check this out. Shannon's monthly listeners on Spotify have increased close to 60% in the last week. That's cool. <laughs> It is wild. That's really cool. Now, it increased. It's not like we're going from 100,000 to 160,000. It's not like that. We're still small. But the the growth, the velocity of it, mm -hmm. and like it's looking more like a real number every day. It's really, That's really cool. interesting. Yeah, it's it's a little bit wild. And it's for sure good news. Yeah, it is good news for It us. means that a lot more people are listening to the music is what it means. Yes. Like, good to me. A lot of people are hearing good to me right now. It's, cool. it's really, really cool. And they're adding it to playlists. The reason that this whole Discover Weekly thing happened is that so many people have just been hearing good to me, adding it to their personal playlist, sharing it with friends, whatever, other people hearing it, adding it to their playlist. Mm -hmm. It's what they call organic growth. It's that, that confounding modern sense of the word organic. It's, it's not made of carbon. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's not what it means. It just means natural, but people say organic. So let's go with it. Yeah. It's what they call organic growth, right? But because the Spotify algorithm noticed all of the organic growth, it grabbed the song yeah. and pushed it back out to a ton more people. Right. So like that's how this is all happening. And it's because there's like a bunch of people who are super stoked on Good To Me and it just feels really great. I'm very excited about all that. All right, good news. I love it. Good news for us. Uh, so why don't we get less dumb? Class, anyone, anyone? So 
I am under the impression you've got a couple things here, so why don't you dive right okay, in? Okay, I do have a couple things. Okay. This first one um, kind of ties back to our conversation, uh, somewhat of our conversation last week about the um, uh, the attack on trans rights that's mm-hmm. happening kind of in the US and the UK and other places around the world too, mm-hmm. but like... Um, Anywhere you're finding right-wing authoritarianism right now, you're also finding the demonization of trans people. Yes. Um, and so this is somewhat related. Uh, I just thought this, I stumbled upon this like the day or so after we had that conversation. The article that that uh, I read about this is actually from 2016. So it's not even that new, but it was new information for me. And I thought it was just interesting enough I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, so you know a lot of people who, uh, a lot of folks who are trying to do um, discrimination against trans people, like their their stupid excuses are like double X chromosome means you're a woman and double X Y means you're a man and it's it's biology and it's defined it's very very you know binary defi- definition of gender. Right? And also, I got a D in biology in high school, yeah. but that doesn't matter. <laughs> well, this is really interesting to me, and and I, and I want to preface this by saying that like this finding in this study that was done in 2016 doesn't explain the experience of every trans person, right? Like this is, but, is, but is it, it, is an, it is an aspect of sort of people studying gender and DNA and all that kind of stuff that, that, is, that informs the conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, what this, this article said, and it, it was an article uh, on the website of Novo Nordisk, which is like a, <laughs> it's a foundation, like a healthcare foundation, yeah. right? Anyone who's ever listened to NPR has heard the words <laughs> Novo Nordisk. Exactly. They're a proud like, sponsor. <laughs> yeah, it's like, is it Danish or something like that? Um, I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, the, the, the finding was that, uh, that they, they did a study of, of uh, people who uh, were presented as women and people who presented as men, mm-hmm. and they analyzed their chromosomes, mm-hmm. their sex chromosomes. And and so to be super clear for listeners, when Shannon says presented, it just means like you'd look at the person and be like, that's a woman, and or, you'd look at the person and be like, that's a man. Or they identify themselves as, yeah, exactly. So No, specifically not they identify themselves oh, as. Present presented as. is what you look at and think it okay, is. Okay. It's the simplistic understanding of gender. Okay. That's a woman. Okay. That's a man. So the point of the, of the study, though, is that more people uh, than expected um, who present as women are actually genetically men. <laughs> so they found in the study that one in 15,000 people who were assigned female at birth, so they were born, and the nurse catches the baby and says, it's a girl. Because they maybe see a because little girl vagina or gr- they, girl they parts. They see body parts yeah. that, that present as female, yeah. right? They, they say, it's a girl, that one in 15,000 of those people uh, and who are who are assigned female at birth and living as women actually has a Y chromosome. So they are not an XX chromosome in sex chromosomes. They are an XY, which is typically what we define as being a male. Yeah. Right? And so, that's not an insignificant number of people. That's like 533 million people. Right. Right. So this I, th- I think I did the math on that, right? I'm gonna do it one more. Okay, do no, it again. I I did. It's five no, five hundred thirty-three thousand. I'm sorry, I, okay. I, I had the wrong uh, okay. place. <laughs> so about half a million people worldwide. It's not an insignificant number of people. No, it's not. And yeah. also, I mean, again, let's reiterate, this is not reflective. This is not the, 
the the reason why all trans women are trans. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's just an aspect of the conversation that adds to it. But it's really I mean, it really underscores the idea that just this whole chromosome, like it's chromosomes and science. It's just bullshit. The, yeah, people want to sim- simplify it to a binary, saying, "Oh, it's body parts. It's this or that, or it's chromosomes. It's this or that." And this study shows us that it's not because in one in 15,000 people who have the body parts of a woman, they have the genetics of a man. And so it just, it just, it, it blows apart the myth that gender is a binary. It's not. Also, right? check this out. What? It's estimated that up to 1.7% of the population has an intersex trait right. of one type oh, or another. Whole, that's a whole other like, that's almost, area that, study. That's like yeah. one in 65 people. Right. That's a lot. It's a lot of people. Yes. Yes. So it was really fascinating because like these people, like people who are born and assigned female at birth, because um, like, babies aren't tested for genes at birth. Like no. there's no, I mean- that's not just something put them that, right in the CRISPR first thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not something that we do, right? So we we identify, you know, sex traits, uh, external sex traits, and assign female or male at birth. Um, and so a lot of these people who uh, who are assigned female at birth, they they grow up as little girls, and they often don't know that anything that they're that they're different than other people other, other little girls yeah. until they reach uh usually puberty sometimes after that though like it's not it's not something that that you know you would know for for a while so it was just interesting to me because it's it's like okay here's a scientific study that's showing us one way in which gender is so not binary <laughs> like mm-hmm. like we we've got to eliminate that this or that thinking from the conversation completely. Um, and the more that we do that, the more that we uh, like absorb those ideas for ourselves and absorb those ideas into our conversations like about, about gender when we're talking about it with our, our kids, our friends, our family, whatever, you know, like the more we can, we can sort of build, build a narrative society-wide that begins to understand the reality of the situation in that gender is not a binary function. No, and that in fact, biology is wildly, beautifully complex. Wonderful, yes. Yes, totally. So that was really cool. I wanted to share with you. The second bit of of Let's Get Less Dumb Uh uh, information that I want to share with you has to do, um, I I learned this because of, uh, I get this uh, publication called The Emancipator. Um, It's a a publication of the Center for Anti-Racist Research in Boston. It's a relatively relatively new center that Ibram X. Kendi co-founded at Boston University. And um, so The Emancipator is just, it's a a newsletter. I guess I I get it every couple of weeks, maybe, um, just with News about anti-racist stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this is this has been February is Black History Month in mm-hmm. the United States, um, and I have seen a lot of stuff online. People talking about how like how about uh, we stop you know defining how about we stop sharing stories during Black History Month of the terrible things that white people have done to black people in this country? Because <laughs> that's not black history, that's white history. Boom. Like, let's let's like celebrate the history of black people like yeah. and the wonderful things, the contributions that black people have made um, over the centuries. So this was just super cool. Okay, the person that we have to thank for macaroni and cheese, french fries, creme brulee, and ice cream. There's one person? There's one person who's responsible for this in the United States. It's a black man. 
who was the first American trained as a master chef. Uh huh. His name in was, France, I assume. I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, okay, Just okay. hang on. Okay. Hang okay. on. I'm gonna make you less dumb in so many ways. Okay. Okay. Uh, that was a, a master chef. His name was James Hemmings. Mm-hmm. And if the surname Hemmings sounds familiar, it's because he was the older brother of Sally Hemmings, who was the black woman who was the enslaved property and lover of Thomas Jefferson. Mm. Uh, James Hemmings was also uh, enslaved by Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, so Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemmings, that's like a famous yeah. relationship, right? They had children together, and mm-hmm. th- but she remained his enslaved property. So, mm. so fucking twisted. Seems like a conflict <laughs> of interest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's this new documentary called Ghost in America's Kitchen, which highlights uh, James Hemmings's impact on American cuisine and also his erasure from history. Like mm. this is the, I mean, this is the first time I've heard of this guy. And so, you know, like we're not, it's not part of the popular lore. Mm. Uh, but when Jefferson was the, he was the U.S. minister to France mm-hmm. at one time, he brought uh, James Hemmings with him to Paris. And while he was there, that's where James Hemmings learned, he trained for three years under a restaurateur and a pastry chef. Mm. Uh, he learned to read, write, and speak French. Mm. Uh, he became head chef of Jefferson's estate in France, where they he served elegant meals to statesmen and authors and scientists and all kinds of European aristocrats while they were there. Mm-hmm. And then came back and brought all of that to back to America when they returned. Wow! So the film credits. James Hemmings with creating the te- the template for fine dining in America. He was the first. And it's one that's still followed to this day, exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but guess who gets the credit, the historical credit for bringing fine dining to America? Maybe not a black guy. Well, it was Thomas Jefferson. That's, oh, that's who really? gets the credit for bringing fine dining to America. Uh-huh. Uh, so... And in the, in the film, apparently, also one of the chefs uh, who was one of the makers of the film and also contributor, uh, Chef Ashbell uh, uh, Mickelveen, I'm not sure exactly how to say their last name, um, says that this, that this kind of erasure still happens today because it's so, uh, just the pattern has been institutionalized in mm-hmm. like American culinary society. Um, and so, anyway, credit to James Hemming for freaking ice cream. Hey, good Thank job, you, James. James Hemming. Thank you. Mac Is it Hemming or Hemmings? Hemmings. You James? just said Hemming a couple oh, I'm times. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. James okay. Hemmings. Got yeah. it. It's the two S's at the end. It was like, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Isn't that cool? It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for mac and cheese, James Hemmings. And thank you, history, for crediting the guy who brought the guy who brought food <laughs> with the bringing of the food. We just, it, it's like the same thing we see like in 2023 with just like fetishizing venture capitalists. Oh, yeah. You totally. know what I mean? Like Elon Musk, the inventor of the electric car. No, no, no. You know what I mean? No. He bought the Fuck company. out of here. Yeah, seriously. So this feels important. Please hold for a very important message. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, about the pandemic. Okay. And I want to talk a little bit about its. How, you know, there's this duality, right, in in the world right now vis-a-vis how we are approaching it as a society, right? Mm. Uh, the reason I'm thinking about this, the entire reason I'm thinking about this is that you and I have made a new music friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had our first kind of video get-to-know-each-other talk. We talked for over two hours yesterday <laughs> with, with this person, and it was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. An amazing conversation. Um, and... 
So what we did know about this person is they live out in the boonies, yeah. right? They had said this about themselves. We're doing some music collaboration. They're like, try to keep the files small. I live out in the boonies on very rural internet, you yeah. know? So yeah. like, don't send me gigabytes and gigabytes of music files. Try to keep it to megabytes, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was like a little clue. Like, oh, wow, you live in a very remote place, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, we learned in our conversation yesterday that the reason uh, this person and their family live in such a remote place is that he is very, very immunocompromised, mm -hmm. has lupus, uh, and other related things. The, the bottom line is that he has sort of a, a suite of autoimmune disorders that cause his body's immune system to attack his own body. Yeah, that's what auto, autoimmune diseases do. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And he's got multiple of them, right. you know? Uh, but, you know... We hear from our friends. We have other immunocompromised friends who are like, yeah, life is difficult. And I don't know if I've been a bad listener or if just I didn't, I, I, I have not gotten my arms around this previously. Mm. But like this person just took the time to describe mm. to us what his daily life is like with this, like in COVID, mm -hmm. right? Because um, you know that the messaging right now is that COVID is over. I mean, even the United States government was like, COVID's going to be over on May 11th. Like, you know, we're like <laughs> well, lifting the state of the emergency. emergency yeah. Right. But like basically saying that there's not going to be a COVID emergency post May 11th. That's what they're saying. Right. right. But the fact of the matter is that COVID still exists in the world, obviously. Like yeah. I heard of two friends last week who were like, I've avoided getting it this whole time and then finally got it. You know, I get this amazing music newsletter uh, called Music Redef. And I've been noticing I hadn't gotten it for the last couple of weeks. I was wondering what was up. It came back today. And the very first thing, he says in the newsletter is, I was gone, sorry, I had COVID. Yeah, you know it what still I mean? exists. It still exists. Uh, but I think people are just like, ah, if you get it these days, it's not that big a deal. I want to tell you, everybody who's listening, I just want you to know this because like, I learned this yesterday and it felt kind of shocking to me, mm -hmm. right? And that's just me being naive, me being uneducated, me living in privilege. I own those things. But I want to share what I learned with you so maybe you're not as dumb as me, okay? Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> what this person has to deal with, first of all, they have been in a building that is not their home. And keep in mind, they live rurally on five acres with no other humans within sight distance. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? He, This person has been in a building that is not one of his own buildings on his farm two times in the last 15 months. Mm -hmm. And each time it was an absolutely incredible production. We're talking about like he had to go to like see a doctor for something to do with something he's dealing mm -hmm. with, right? Yeah. And he was describing a situation in which he had to coordinate with the care center. It was like a clinic sounding kind of thing that like they would clear the entire building of other patients. So he was literally the only patient, the only person who wasn't staff in the building at that time. Mm -hmm. He only entered the very first room. Like he entered through a side door directly into a service area. He didn't go through the waiting room right, and then the yeah. hallways. He entered through a side door into the room he was going to be treated in, which had been treated with UV and HEPA filtration mm -hmm. uh, pr for like something like hours prior to his arrival. And the only other person in there was the care person who was seeing him and both of them were in full PPE like you might imagine in like a, a horror movie about like a <laughs> pandemic. Like space suits, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of, that level. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, he has to coordinate this level. He was, he was his wife got her, uh, her windshield cracked a couple of days ago and he was sharing with us what the experience is for him of getting a windshield replaced. Because like to you or me, we'd just drive over to Volkswagen, we'd walk into the place, we'd be like, hey, how you doing? Maybe we'd wear a mask if there were a bunch of people around. Probably we would. It's a smaller place, you know, whatever. 
But like we'd wear masks in there, we wouldn't think about it. And we'd get on with our day and they'd replace their windshield. He had to set up a situation where he drops the car outside the service place and, and doesn't, come within like 20 feet of anybody, just basically like, hi, I'm here, the keys are inside. Mm -hmm. And then he just leaves. He goes and takes a walk by the river for a few hours while they fix the windshield. And they know that when they're done fixing the windshield, first of all, everyone is inside the car working on it, it has to be fully masked and everyone's agreed to that and that's fine. Uh, when he gets the car back, they've instructed to leave it with all of the windows down and all of the doors open. Mm -hmm. And they'll leave it like that for like half an hour to air out the car as thoroughly as mm -hmm. possible. And then before he gets back inside his own vehicle, where Wearing, again, full-on hazmat levels mm -hmm. of PPE. He does what's called fogging it, mm -hmm. uh, which is, I don't even understand what it is. He didn't explain that, but it's it some kind of a fumigation yeah, effort that's what, to like, yeah. That's what it sounded like to mm -hmm. me. And then drives home with all of the windows down. Like that's the level of care that he has to undergo for literally every single thing he does in his mm -hmm. life. He has to just basically avoid people at all costs at all times. Because if he gets this thing, he's dead. Right. That's it, period. Right. Like he can't, just risk catching a stray little COVID molecule. Yeah, you know, because right. like, you know, he won't react to it in the same way. Like I've probably caught a bunch of stray COVID molecules. You probably have two in the grocery, one here, one there in the air, whatever. But like, whatever, they don't rise above the threshold of what it would take to get us sick. And But for him, the threshold is completely different. Yeah. And he would get sick and most likely die because again, autoimmune disorder, anything going right. on inside his body, his body's like attack, attack internal organs, you know? Right. Uh, and, you know, I just wanted to share that we had had this experience meeting this person and having him describe this to us in mm. such detail and just to share it and reflect this back out to our community. Anyone who's hearing my voice right now, just know that there are people in your community too who are like this. Yeah, There are people who aren't able to leave the house really still mm -hmm. in 2023, in February 2023, because they're at extreme risk of dying, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, the novel nature of the virus is one thing. We asked him about that. I asked him about that. I was like, has it always been like this for He's like, no, with the flu and stuff like that, it's kind of milder. It's been out for a while. And, and also they were able to mitigate risk seasonally right. with flu and yep. things like that. That's yeah. it. But for this, because it's novel, it's novel to his body and system. That's why it's hitting everybody harder who gets it. You know how people get COVID? It's not just like the flu, you get extra sick. It's because it's a novel thing and our bodies haven't built up those responses over generations to it yet like they have with the flu from 1918 that is now just a seasonal flu. You know yeah. what I mean? Also, we don't know if our bodies can build up. Yeah, it's all... Of, it's a new it's virus. A, yeah, like we don't know. Big unknown. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's easy to get... It's, it's tempting to get sucked into the mindset of, all right, we've really crested the curve. And frankly, for people who aren't immunocompromised, we have. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that is true. Two things can be true at the same time. Mm -hmm. So here are those two things for me today. One... Mostly it feels like we're in a really much better place with COVID than we were a few years ago. You know, it feels oh, yeah. like there's still situations in which I mask. There are still things I don't do. We still contemplate and then probably don't do dinners out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like we're not living quote unquote normally, but it's so much better than it was. So the, in one hand, that is true. Mm -hmm. And in the other hand, also there are people for whom life may never again until they die mm. be normal because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's super important to remember that. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have like a cute landing to stick this with. I understand. I don't yeah. have like a summation point where I can be like, here's the bow on top that makes this all better. I just wanted to share this with people because it was really surprisingly shocking. It was shocking in a way that made me feel insensitive and dumb. Well, th that I was shocked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I just kind of wanted to do a mea culpa. A, just be like, oh mm. shit, I probably should have known this but wasn't aware. But mm. also, I'm, I'm not dumb. I'm relatively bright. 
And so I imagine that there are probably other people out there who might have been similarly, might be similarly in denial or a little bit deluded mm. about how your fellow citizens, people you know and love, mm-hmm. what their experience of this is like. Yeah, well, and I think that also listening to you talk, like I think it has a lot of echoes just in how society, uh, how we have built our society in a way that um, just does not consider people with disabilities in general. Yeah. You know, like, um, and what does that say about us? And is that yeah. actually acceptable to us? You know, like, I, I and so yeah. there, there isn't a, a, like you said, there's not like a, a cute way to land this <laughs> conversation, but maybe it is something for us to, to, um, to bring into our consciousness and ponder and, and begin thinking about, you know, and, and observing the ways in which, you know, for people who, uh, have the privilege of of fully abled bodies and robust immune systems. Yeah, how we uh, accept a world, uh, how we have accepted a world designed for people with those privileges. Yeah, and and have and, and as a result have excluded a lot of people from the full experience of participating in society because yep. of the way we, I mean, they're all choices. It's choices about how we, like COVID policy, like we we could have, we could have at the beginning of the pandemic had the world decided we're going to nip this thing in the bud, we could have eradicated it yeah. early on. If the government had just spent, instead of spending money dribbled out over two and a half or three years, mostly given away to corporations, because every time there's a problem, somehow that's the reason to give a bunch of money to corporations. <laughs> if instead of doing that, the government had just paid everybody comfortably just to stay home. Nobody leaves the house. Everybody stays home for four weeks. Epidemiologists have told us this entire time that like that famous quote that like the good news and the bad news is that we could get rid of COVID in in four weeks time. The good news is that we have always been able to get rid of COVID in four weeks time. The bad news is we're not going to do it. Right. Right. And it would have had to have been a worldwide call. I mean, like I understand the heavy lift, but it's still a choice. Yep. Right. Like it's, we still have choices to make about how we design things like our COVID policy, how we design things like, sidewalks and building access sure. and like you know for- and also like what the ADA specification looks like and what it covers and here's a concrete example in, in this week's news mm. there was a local politician somewhere in the midwest i forget exactly oh, where i saw this yeah so this guy like he was it's a sort of weird weirdly timed election that's happening like i don't know i think next month maybe april and so there's campaigning for it right now like a city council and, election yeah, and there's right? going to be a debate right, right? and so this guy this guy's in a wheelchair. This candidate is in a wheelchair. He's a, uh, a paraplegic, I think. He can use his arms, but he can't use his legs, something like that. Okay. I think that's the case. Uh, I can't exactly remember, to be frank, but it's something like that. He's in a wheelchair, he uses a wheelchair. bottom line. Yeah. And he shows up at the venue and for the debate, because the venue has been certified, ADA certified, right? What? So he can come in the front door, no prob, but the stage doesn't have wheelchair access. So there's, this gr- there's just this horrific footage of this guy literally having to lift himself out of his wheelchair and like clamber up on stage Uh because they can't get his wheelchair on stage because it's a motorized wheelchair weighs 400 pounds oh my god you know what i mean and also if there's a fire what are you gonna do now your wheelchair's on the stage you know that's just horribly dangerous right right yeah totally so like the ada specification like clearly like needs to be improved right because like if it's a venue where there's a stage you can't have the stage not be accessible and still say it's ada compliant right 
Yeah. Is it only ADA compliant for audience members, but not if you're going to be a performer? Well, that's fucked up. Well, that's clearly what they designed this space to be. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is important. Thank you for bringing that up. That 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 generates some good thought and good conversation. And um, I hope our listeners agree. yeah seriously and like i don't even know what the takeaway is i don't like i don't know what i can do differently to help this i i don't know i don't know anything about this Mm. but it feels just important to to know it yeah so there all right so uh why don't we switch things up with a little trip into the inspiration station inspiration station that sounds like a great idea what do you Mm -hmm. got for us oh man okay so this is from my Rigpa glimpse of the day emails. Uh, Such a constant source of inspiration on our podcast. Seriously. <laughs> it's almost like Dzogchen Buddhism had some interesting ideas. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like it. So here is this thought that they shared last week. It says, We all have the karma to take one spiritual path or another. And I would encourage you from the bottom of my heart to follow with complete sincerity the path that inspires you most. If you go on searching all the time, like searching for a spiritual tradition, okay. you know, if you go on searching all the time, the searching itself becomes an obsession and takes you over. You become a spiritual tourist, bustling about and never getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. As Patrul Rinpoche says, you leave your elephant at home and look for its footprints in the forest. <laughs> Following one teaching is not a way of confining you or jealously monopolizing you. It's a compassionate and practical way of keeping you centered and always on your path, despite all the obstacles that you and the world will inevitably present. Hmm. Interesting, right? Yeah, tell me what inspires you about that. Well, you know, so I'm not a religious person. Uh, Everybody knows that. (laughs) Um, But I am a spiritual person. Uh, But I don't have a spiritual practice. Like when they're talking about spiritual practice, they're talking about more like religious traditions. Like are you going to be a Buddhist or are you going to follow Islam or are you going to follow Christianity? You know, like I think that's what they're talking about, different spiritual paths, right? That's what I thought too, yeah. Yeah. And so I don't take it in that sense. Okay. But as with so much of this stuff, I take it more as metaphor, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. and kind of think about it in context of my own life. Mm -hmm. And my life has artistic practice, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I thought about this in terms of an artistic practice and especially like just for me like bringing it very specifically home to like what I do which is like to you know I I work on music right and I work on music with other people I'm a collaborator Mm -hmm. and I think that there was for sure a time in my life and it for sure kind of started also when I was in Los Angeles where this sort of thinking is encouraged that one should be a generalist you know Mm -hmm. what I mean that like it's good to work on like you know yeah you you, you do some alternative stuff but you do some pop stuff you do some singer songwriter stuff but you should Mm -hmm. also be well versed in Americana (laughs) You should know how to make folk music. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, if you're a good producer, you can produce anything, Uh you know? Uh, Because it's more about direction and empathy, and, like, that's not untrue, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that for me personally, when things started really clicking in my, like, work practice and in my career was when Mm -hmm. I really got much more honest about what I wanted to be focusing on Mm -hmm. and about, like, about the fact that there's certain types of music that intrinsically interest me more Mm -hmm. and there's some that interest me less. Mm -hmm. And I can for sure bring musicality to anything. And so in that sense, sure, I could produce a folk record. Sure, I could produce an Americana record, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know. And there's certain situations, you know, depending in which I think I'd be really good at that. Maybe more if it were like an Americana band and I were like, 
recording and producing them, where I could just be like, they're doing the thing. I'm just giving direction and providing feedback. Yeah. There's certain kinds of relationships where I think it could still work. But for stuff where I'm intrinsically involved in the making of the music, which is oftentimes how I am involved mm-hmm. with, with stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I am just better... Uh, when I'm focused in the stuff that interests me the most. Mm. And I really relate to this idea of uh, it it being a practical way of keeping me centered and always on my path, Mm. you know? Like, I have found that I've grown more artistically in my work as I've gotten more focused in the type of work that I like to do. Interesting. And like to be involved with, you know? Yeah, okay. So it's just kind of a little link there. And I guess I would just be super curious for anyone listening, what does this look like? For you, like, I think, like, writ large, kind of abstracted, the idea that, like, you know, at a certain point, you stop, like, entertaining all possibilities and get focused in, you know? Mm. If you think about, like, personally, like, in terms of relationships, there was a time in which I was just dating all over the place and just (laughs) trying to, like, you know, figure out what I was looking for. And then there was a time I focused in on you, Shannon Curtis. You know what I mean? (laughs) I know, yeah. And, you know, uh, that has absolutely been... And this, our relationship has mm. been, again, a great tool for keeping me centered and on my path, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder for other people listening, like, what does that look like for you? In mm. what ways has focusing from the broad and general to the narrow and specific been a tool in your life for growth? That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh-huh. Also, I think music is your religion, so. <laughs> yep. 100 emoji. <laughs> well, let's wrap things up today with a gratitude crank up. You first. All right. So I was just thinking the other day, um, 2023 has been kind of a remarkable year so far for you and me. Like, there have just been really interesting, cool opportunities coming our way. A lot, stuff that a lot of doors opening. Yeah. It's just been like... I, you know, I hate to, I, I almost hesitate to say it out loud without touching wood because, you know, like it's, I'm not superstitious like that, but it is, and, I, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all of the interesting uh, opportunities and doors opening for us that there have been this year. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm super eager to find out where they lead. Yeah. You know, like it's really, it's really cool. Um, but I was reflecting the other day about how um, pretty much, to an item on that list of like new opportunities for us, they have been the result of this this last record that yep. we put out. Like yep. they have come some in some way from that work yep. that we did. And, and in a bunch of different ways, you know what I mean? Yes. Like some come from like just the, the, the fact of the album itself and the artistic content and the songs and all of that. Yeah. And then a, on a whole separate tack, a whole bunch of stuff has been coming to me just from, yeah. from the sound of the album and right. people wanting yeah. me to work on their stuff because they like how it sounds. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how uh, we really had the opportunity uh, over the last few years to... Um, level up the work that we do, yeah. uh, and 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 the product of that is the the Good to Me album, right? Um, but we had the opportunity to do that because of the way our community has carried us through the last few years, yeah. and really given us the opportunity to to dig into the work that we do in a new kind of way that. Huh, they allowed us to focus. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's about your last, your inspiration point. Yeah. Like the community that has supported us over these last years gave us the the space to focus in a way that allowed us to grow. Yeah. 
in 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 how we in the work that we do. Yeah. And we're long-term seeing, considered iterative yeah. growth. Yeah. Intentional and, growth. And we're seeing the fruits we're seeing a whole bunch of unexpected fruits of that yeah. um, happening this year. And so I just want to express my gratitude in today's Gratitude Crank Up for our community mm. and for the support that they have given us, uh, you know, over the last few years and currently still, like, it's just, it's made a really just uh, awesome uh, impact in our lives. Mm. So I'm super grateful for that. How about you? I am grateful today for a flexible schedule. Yeah. You know? Uh, and this kind of ties back to when uh, we were asking each other how we were feeling earlier mm. in the episode. You know, and I was a little anxious because I felt abstractly like I was behind. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not actually behind, you know? And the reason I'm not behind is because I have a flexible schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to remember that, you know? Yeah. I'm so driven and I'm so focused and it's so easy for me to be just excited about working on a record. And then, like, if there, like some stuff came up over the past couple of work days that just like held me back from finishing this record I'm working on finishing. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to spend all yet all day yesterday mixing. Actually, I spent all day yesterday installing software. Because <laughs> sometimes when you're self-employed, like you also have to be the tech support for your own little two-person business. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes that involves like you got to set up a new computer. Yeah. You know? And, and that's just a thing and it just takes a certain amount of time. Like, and it's fine. It just wasn't what I expected. I think the dissonance between my expectations mm. and the actuality of how things worked out kind of made me feel a little bit stressed out for a moment. But I have to remember that, like, there's no stress. It's yeah. all good. Like, there's no label waiting on this record, you know? Yeah. That's also the really nice thing about working with mostly, like, independent uh, artists, mm -hmm. you know, is that we just can focus on music in a non-businessy way. It's not about deadlines and marketing meetings. It's about let's make as good a thing as we can and we'll take the time we need to do it and then we'll be stoked. Yeah. You know? So the flexible schedule. Man, yeah. Expectations, even self-imposed ones will the worst. come back and bite you in the ass every time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for that too. And we're so grateful for you listeners. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with us today. Um, we are just ever so grateful for that. Uh, and also, if you are a supporter, a patron supporter of our work, thank you. You're the ones who, like, that stuff that Shannon was talking about a second ago that she's grateful for, it's you're the you. ones who are making that possible. Yeah. You're the reason that all these good things have come into our lives over the last couple of years. Your support has given us the ability to do that intentional, iterative, long-term growth that's it. That's yeah. that's a hundred percent of it. There's nothing more to it than that. You're the wind beneath our wings. Oh hell yeah! Oh, <laughs> sing. You got to sing a little bit of it. Did you ever know that you're my hero? Hell yeah! Oh yeah! You're everything I wish I could be. Take it home, baby. I can fly higher than an eagle. You are the wind beneath my wings. Swoon. Oh, yeah. Love it. That's you, Mr. Stars. Oh, yeah, Stars. that's you. That's the song for you. Hey, people, if you want to be <laughs> the recipient of that song, if you want to be the wind beneath Shannon Curtis's wings, and mine, and mine, uh, go over to misfitstars.com slash support. You know, we say it in kind of a lighthearted way, but seriously, the ongoing support of people who believe in the work that we're doing makes the work possible and it not only makes it possible, but it makes it able for us to give our work freely to the world. 
I don't know if you've been to our band camp, but like you can just go purchase, quote unquote, our record for free. You can name your own price, but it starts at $0. So if mm -hmm. you need to, if you want files of this, not just streaming, but if you want actual MP3s or WAV files or whatever it is, you got a wide choice on Bandcamp, you can just go get them for free. You can also name your own price if you want to be part of supporting it. Although, honestly, just, just do the free because someone buying our record for 10 bucks is touching. It doesn't really help. You know what I mean? The ongoing support is what helps. That's the entire point. And the fact of the ongoing support makes it so that we can freely offer what we do, every single thing that we make, every single thing that we create to the world for free including to the people who aren't able to afford to pay for it. And that's really important to us from a values-based kind of position mm -hmm. because I don't think personally that one's bank account should dictate the level of access that person has to art. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I really don't. I think that poor people have as much of a right to art as wealthy people. Sure. And so people who support our work at MisfitStars.com slash support, you're making it possible, literally possible for us to make our work available to the entire world for free. So uh, if you're already supporting, thank you. If you're not, please consider it. It's all small dollar stuff. You just pick an amount that like you wouldn't notice if it went missing from your bank account. The point of it being small dollar is really intentional too. Like if we only had like five supporters and they were doing like, you know, hundreds of dollars a month each, if we lost one, that would be life altering in a bad way. <laughs> but you know, with it being small dollar, if someone has to drop off, people drop off and come on all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But the point is that any one person dropping off isn't existential to us because it's just 10 bucks. And it's not to say it's not important, it is, but the point is it's broad-based. It's mm -hmm. broad-based support, right? It's not four people doing 500 bucks a month, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a bunch of people doing $10 a month. And we aggregate it, right? We spread it out. We crowdsource it. That's or five or 20 people, dollars. That's it. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, It just depends where you're at. You know, if you're doing better in your life, do 50 a month. There's a thing for that. It really, really helps for sure. Also, if you just want to be part of the effort, know that a bunch of other people are too and it multiplies what you're doing. So you can come in at five or 10. The average is 10. Most people do 10, you know, and it really helps. So anyway, that's a pitch. Misfitstars.com slash support. I love it. Yeah. All right. All right, y'all. We'll be back next week with more. Uh, until then, please be good to yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love y'all. Bye. Bye.